Hallelujah. I'm so glad we could gather again. I'm, I'm sure you had a great week. God is feeding us, building us up, so we'll accomplish what we were created for. You know, you don't have any success if you don't have a successor. That's the truth. And I believe that God has given us people who can help to bring forth this message and edify and build the work, continue to be a blessing. And among those names, you know, I have Brother Joji, his wonderful family, living the gospel out there. And we're so grateful that they're with us and we are family and we're a team. So please enjoy. He's going to be sharing with you all what God lays on his heart and I believe you'll be blessed. So have an awesome time and see you later. You're blessed. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. God is so good. I'm grateful to God for this chance to speak. And it's a privilege and honor for me to speak to the people of God. And I'm grateful for Pastor Michael and Pastor Chitra for their lives, what, how God has used them to be a blessing to me, to transform my life. Whatever I am today is because of the words that I've received from them. Hallelujah. And recently, this last week, they celebrated their 26th wedding anniversary. Oh, aren't you glad that God brought them together? How many lives have been touched and impacted by what they have done? Hallelujah. God is so good. And let's just pray for them. Let's pray for our pastors. Aren't you grateful to God that He used them to speak into your lives? Let's pray. Let's stretch out our hands. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you for bringing Pastor Michael and Pastor Chitra to us. Thank you for gathering us, Lord. We are grateful. Thank you for using them to impact our lives and the lives of thousands, Father. Thank you that the words of life that they have spoken has transformed us, built us up, made us who we are today. We are grateful, Father. Lord, we ask you to increase them more and more. Take them to the next level, next level in their ministry, next level in the anointing, next level in faith, next level in the manifestation of your glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you. They shall not lack anything. You fulfill the desires of their heart. All the works of their hands blessed. Whatever has been stolen from them, restored sevenfold in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. We are so grateful. Their children will give a testimony of them, Father. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are grateful, Father. Increase multiplication, overflow into their lives. Thank you, Father. Praise you, worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Aren't you happy that God brought them here for us? Yes, I believe you. At least just for me, that He brought them here for me. Because what I am today... Like I said, it's because of receiving the words that came out of their lives and applying it in my lives. I could just I could have just heard them and then just neglected it. All right, it's just someone. But no, you value those words, you obey those words, and it will bear fruit because they are words of life. I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity that they have given. And I'm accountable for the words that I speak because every word that I speak, I received it originally from them. I'm just echoing their words. Hallelujah. And I believe these, these things will bear fruit in your life as well. How many of you were listening to the message on last Sunday on Pentecost? Last Sunday was Pentecost Sunday. And Pastor Anup explained so beautifully about the baptism in the Holy Spirit and the power that we received because of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we will continue on that today as well. 
Last Sunday, many times what people do is they, they think, all right, it's just another day, Pentecost Sunday, another name tag that is given to a day, just like Father's Day, Mother's Day, Children's Day. No, nothing like that. Pentecost Sunday, it came, then came Pentecost Monday, then came Pentecost Tuesday, Pentecost Wednesday, Thursday, and it's Pentecost every day for us. All of us who are in the new covenant, it's Pentecost every day. And it's not just a one-time experience like Pastor Anup said, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that we practice every single day. We see in the book of Luke, in Luke chapter 3, where Jesus received baptism. He, took, he received baptism under John the Baptist. And as soon as he came up uh, out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. And following that in chapter 4, we see Jesus entering the synagogue and the book of Isaiah was handed over to him, the scroll. He opened it and he read out from verse 18 in Luke 4 verse 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has uh, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He was quoting Isaiah 64. Verse 4, he said it, he, he identified himself there. Hallelujah. Why? Because of what he received, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And that's what he's talking about here. And we see the Apostle Peter testifying about this in Acts chapter 10. In the house of Cornelius, he said in verse 38, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. That's what I like. He did not simply stay, he went about doing good, healing all. That's the benefit of the power. That's why Jesus said in Luke 24, uh, Luke 24 verse 49, he said, I send the promise of the Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. Before I forget, let's read uh, um, Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 from uh, Canada. Sister Kripa is here. Aren't you grateful for Sister Kripa? She's a tough mama. We'll see Acts 10 verse 38 also in Canada. Hallelujah. In Luke 24:49, Jesus said, Wait, I will send the promise of my Father to you until you be endured with power from on high. We heard Pastor Anup explain that the word endured means to be clothed in, to slip into a clothing. You need that clothing 
That's your identity now. That's your identity. Clothed in power. You are the body of Christ. The body of the anointed one with the anointing. Christ is the anointed one. Means the anointed one with the anointing. And you and me, we are the body of the anointed one. We need to be clothed in that anointing. That's our identity. Hallelujah. Without that, we will not be able to fulfill what God has called us to. 1 John 4.17 says, As He is, so are we in this world right now. The body of Christ. That's our identity. We saw baptism simply means a change in identity. You take a white shirt, dip it in in color and you take it out. The identity of of that shirt has changed. It is no more a white shirt. It has received a new identity. That's what the baptism does to us. We receive a new identity. Our identity is the body of the anointed one with the anointing. And we, do, we are called to do the same work that Jesus did. We can put our names there. How God anointed Joji of Bangalore who went about doing good with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Put your name there. That's your identity. We should not take these things lightly. It is not something that we go back once a year and look at it only on Pentecost Sunday. No, it is something that we walk and live every single day. Jesus went about doing good. That's our identity. That's our calling. We go about doing what Jesus called us to do. He said, whatever I did, you will do even greater things. Ha ha ha. In Acts chapter 1, we see that promise, Jesus repeating it again. What he said in Luke 24, he said it in Luke, I mean, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. Again, he said, wait in Jerusalem. Wait till you receive the promise of the Father. And then in verse 8, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will receive power. You heard last week that power is dynamis. Like a dynamite. Like the force of a marching army. That's that word power. To rule, to dominate, to expand the kingdom of God on the earth. You shall receive power. And you shall be witness unto me. Both in Jerusalem, Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. We are witnesses. Jesus was saying these things after his resurrection. We are witness that Jesus is alive. After his resurrection. You speak to people. You represent Him. You're witnessing that Jesus is alive. That's why in first in uh, in um, I think it's in um, let me get that scripture here. First Corinthians chapter sorry Acts chapter four verse thirty three. He said with great power the apostles gave witness of the resurrection. Witness of the resurrection. Where is he talking this? After Peter and John went and healed the the guy the lame guy. In the, near the gate of called beautiful. A miracle happened there. Miracle happened there. They were arrested for it. But it says as you continue in Acts chapter 4. Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. He spoke again. It's a result of being filled. Result of being filled. You are being a witness that Jesus is alive. He is still transforming lives today. Because none of us have touched Jesus. We were not there in Jerusalem. We did not see Jesus hang on the cross. So what kind of witness are you you being? How can you witness that Jesus is alive when you did not see him alive? That's why you need this power. 
When the power comes upon you, the blind will see, the, the deaf will hear, miracles will happen. You read in Acts chapter 4, when, the, when this happened, when the miracle happened, when the lame person started walking, they witnessed a miracle. How do you know it's a miracle? Because scripture says he was 40 years old, he was lame from birth and everyone recognized him. There, was, there were no more arguments there. Because of this miracle, the people, the Pharisees, the scribes, they recognized that they were with Jesus. They were with Jesus. How? The power. The power. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus said, don't go yet. You need to be clothed in this power. Clothed. Clothes are upon you, not in you. Hallelujah. You, you slip into clothes. You wear it. And that represents you. That's what people see when they look at you. What's the first thing they notice? They look at your clothes. Hmm, alright. So when they look at you, they see the anointing. They see the manifestation of that power. That's our identity right now. The body of Christ. And we see how it happened. On the day of Pentecost, in the upper room, they were waiting. About 120 of them. And then it says, like a mighty rushing wind. The Holy Spirit came and tongues of fire rested upon the people. Hallelujah. That's just the beginning. Since that day, the Holy Spirit is given. All we need to do is just receive simply by faith. Pastor Anup said, you don't have to wait for uh, some uh, electric current or a feeling. No, you just open your mouth and speak. Same way you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You did not touch him. You did not see him uh, raised from the dead. But you still believed. Same way. That same faith. You use. You open your mouth. And you speak out loud. And those words will be, will be coming. It will flow out of you. Out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. Hallelujah. It is in you. It has it, come upon you. And the Holy Spirit will give you utterances. Utterances. That's what happened there. They, they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Hallelujah. And then they went about being witnesses of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4 and 5, uh, Paul is saying, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but with demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That the faith, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. You heard Pastor Anup say that it, you, your faith, it is about standing. You continue to stand there. Stand in that place. Hallelujah. About power. Your words will be words of power. Hallelujah. This is important. Now you are receiving power. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do something. Now why is this important? Now you look at a person who is not born again, they are also influenced by some spirit. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll read this in Canada after we read this in English. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. It's the state of the unsaved person. It says, And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past, so it's talking about something that happened earlier. See, he says you were dead in trespasses and sin. Not now, you were, but not now, not anymore. He said, 
In time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who is that? That's Satan. That's the devil. It says, and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You see that? It says the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. Why do you call them children of disobedience? Because every person who came from Adam carries that nature, that sin nature in their flesh. Adam disobeyed. So you are children of disobedience. Hallelujah. And it continues to say, you, I mean, we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. That word by nature means by birth. By birth, you were children of wrath. You, you fulfilled the desires of your, your mind and your flesh. Why? Because your spirit is dead. They're spiritually dead. What is left is only the, the mind, the soul and the body. So what do they fulfill? They fulfill the desires of the mind and the flesh. They were controlled. That word worketh in verse 2 where it says... the. Um, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh. That word worketh means energized. The Greek word is energio. It means to provide the back, the energy to function. That's the same word that you see in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19 and 20. You see it's a, it says, uh, What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. The working. The same word. Working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ. Again that's the same word. The word working and wrought. They're the same word energio. The same power. Which he worked in Christ. To raise him from the dead. That's the same power that we receive now. That's the same power that energizes us. To fulfill the plan and purposes of God. Hallelujah. We cannot neglect this. We cannot neglect this. And Paul repeated the same word in Ephesians 3 verse, verse 20. There's a very famous scripture that we all quote. Now according now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. See that power is working in us. You need to believe it. You need to step out in faith. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. The same power that came upon Jesus. He's boldly said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Hallelujah. That's our identity today. And what was the evidence that they received the power? They spoke in other tongues. They spoke in other tongues. So what is tongues? In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, or before I forget, let's read that in, in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3 in Kannada. Hallelujah. 
ನಾವೆಲ್ಲರೂ ಪೂರ್ವದಲ್ಲಿ ಶರೀರ ಭಾವದ ಆಶೆಗಳಿಗೆ ಅಧೀನರಾಗಿ ಶರೀರಕ್ಕೂ ಮನಸ್ಸಿಗೂ ಸಂಬಂಧಪಟ್ಟ ಇಚ್ಛೆಗಳನ್ನು ನೆರವೇರಿಸುತ್ತಾ ನಡೆದು ಮಿಕ್ಕಾದವರಂತೆ ಸ್ವಭಾವ ಸಿದ್ಧವಾಗಿ ದೇವರ ಕೋಪದ ಮಕ್ಕಳಾಗಿದ್ದೆವು We see in Ephesians 6 verse 12 also it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's those spirits that work behind the people. Hallelujah. So let's come back to tongues. Tongues. What is tongues? 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 2 says, He who speaks in an unknown tongue, speaks not unto men but unto god for no man understandeth him howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries so it is so clear from this if you can read english it is so clear that when you speak in tongues you are not speaking to man you're speaking to god and it says so clearly that no man understands so you don't have to try to struggle oh what are those words that he said is it su 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 suresh or ra 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 ramesh no you don't have to translate it it is if you believe and he gives you the interpretation it's good but you, that person is not speaking to you he's speaking to god he is having a conversation with god that word speak is actually talking about a lively conversation lively conversation a habitual conversation that's what it means speaks to god not to man and for no man understandeth it and you see in verse 14 it says when i speak in tongues it's my spirit that prays but my understanding is fruitful your understanding as well as the person who is hearing you around you their understanding is fruitful uh, unfruitful but you're speaking to god your spirit speaking to god who is a spirit spirit to spirit communication that's the evidence that you've received that power upon you and this is very important this we should not be neglecting this one of the reasons that we have so many wrong teachings in the body of christ about the baptism in the holy spirit is because the devil wants to keep you in the dark about this He knows that if you receive this if you understand the value of it you mean you are unstoppable you are a mighty force in the kingdom of god I was surprised I've seen people when I went to the villages people pastors they said we've been baptized in the holy spirit for 30 years but we just thought it is something that you, we use only in the church service during the worship time they restricted that only for that ta- small time period in church but it's supposed to be a a lifestyle a lifestyle of conversing with god lifestyle of being filled and constantly filled with that power to be effectively used in the kingdom of god hallelujah hallelujah your spirit is conversing with god and it says in the spirit you speak mysteries mystery means something that is hidden that is not revealed hidden what are those mysteries let's go to first corinth or re- let's read this in kannada first corinthians 14 verse 2 vaashayan naaduvavanu devara sangadalle horatu manushyara sangada maatanaaduvadilla avanu aatmanalliddu rahasyagalannu nudiyuttiddaru yaru avannu tilkolluvadilla we'll read verse 14 also 
ಅನ್ಯ ಭಾಷೆಯಲ್ಲಿ ನಾನು ಪ್ರಾರ್ಥಿಸಿದರೆ ನನ್ನ ಆತ್ಮವು ಪ್ರಾರ್ಥಿಸುವುದು ಆದರೆ ನನ್ನ ತಿಳುವಳಿಕೆಯು ನಿಷ್ಫಲವಾಗಿರುವುದು says how be it we speak the wisdom among them that are perfect yet not the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that come to naught but we speak the wisdom of god in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which god ordained before the world unto our glory hallelujah he says talking about the wisdom of god what is the mystery that you speak you speak the wisdom of god in a mystery Why is it a mystery? It's a mystery only for your head, not for your spirit. Not for your spirit. Your spirit, your born again spirit is communicating to God. The divine plan and purposes of God is being deposited in your spirit by the Holy Spirit. And as you continue to speak in tongues, as you continue to converse with God, those divine plans and purposes that is in your spirit will slowly come to your mind, your understanding. That's why we see in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 15 it says I I will pray in the spirit and I will pray in the understanding. What comes first? The spirit. Then comes the understanding. Praying in the spirit is superior to praying with your understanding. We are not saying you should not pray with your understanding, but many times we don't know what we we need to pray for. We our head certain things you just or oh, I don't know what to pray. you may not know in your head what the plan and purpose of god is so what do you do you pray in the spirit you pray in the spirit those divine truths those divine plans and purposes are there deposited in your spirit and as you speak those words out speak out those mysteries slowly it will come up to your understanding let's continue here in first corinthians 2 it says um Verse 9 says but as it is written i has not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which god has prepared for them that love him that's isaiah 64 saying it i has not seen nor ear has heard people take this one scripture and make songs out of it but paul didn't stop writing there he said he continued said but God has revealed them unto us unto us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things yea the deep things of God for what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God hallelujah and it says we have received not the spirit of the world see that again he is distinct is distinguishing that it's there's a spirit of the world we have not received that world that spirit the spirit of the world is the one that works in the children of obedience the spirit of god is who works in us He said the spirit of which is of god that we might what know the things that are freely given to us hallelujah it is god's plan and purpose that you know the things that eyes have not seen ears have not not heard it is god's will for you But how does it come? Through the spirit. You pray in the spirit first and then based on the the revelation that comes from your spirit into your understanding you pray with your understanding. That's why he said I will sing in the spirit and then sing in with my understanding. 
not the other way around. Many times people try to do that and then your focus is completely changed. Our words are important. You are speaking to the creator of heaven and earth. You are speaking to the great wisdom himself. Hallelujah. So trust him to release wisdom from your mouth first. And then based on that understanding, you speak in your understanding, in your own words. That's a different level of praying. Hallelujah. God is so good. Romans 8. Uh, let's read 1 Corinthians uh, 2 verse uh, 6 to 7 in uh, Hallelujah. We'll read verse 9 and 10 as well. Adare Baradiruva Prakara, Devaru Tananu Pritisu Vavarigagi, Siddhamadiruva Tavugal and Nukanu Kana Lilla, Kivi Keda Lilla, Illawe Avu Manushana Dudaya Dali Sera Lilla. Namagadaro Devaru Tana Atmana Mulaka Avugal and Nukakati Sidanu, Atmanu Ella Vishayagalanu, Haudu, Devara Agada Vada Vishayagalanu Kuda Parishodisu Vavanagi Dane. Hallelujah. Romans 8, we'll read verse 26 onwards. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Hallelujah. Look at that. It says many times we don't know what we ought to pray for. You get in certain situations, you don't know, should I do this or should I do that? Should I speak to this person or should I speak to the other person? What are we supposed to do? But it says, the Spirit makes intercession for us according to the will of God. The word intercession is an interesting word. It means if if somebody is in a pit, you jump in the pit with them and then work together to come out. Hold your hands and lift you up. Not just from far look at you, hey, you're in the pit. All right, no, no. To ju- you jump into the pit with them and then together come out. That's the meaning of the word intercession. So the Holy Spirit comes into our situation and pray, we pray it out. We pray it out according to the will of God. Those words that you're speaking, which sounds like nonsense to your head, you are speaking the wisdom of God that is the solution for what you're going through. And why is it? We saw in the in 1 Corinthians 2 that these are the wisdom that God ordained for our glory. Our glory. Hallelujah. I believe you're getting this. This is the divine wisdom of God. This did not come from man's understanding or man's ideas. Man, no man thought about this. Alright, let's have this code language. No. This is God. Who ordained this. And and it is for this season where we are in. This season of grace where we are in. For the church. For the body of Christ. Why? The whole purpose is. You speak out the divine wisdom of God. The divine will of God. You be in the right place at the right time. 
you are clothed with that power. And you become a tool for the glory of God to be manifested, for the power of God to be manifested. And when that power is manifested, nobody's going to stand there and argue with you saying, oh, but I believe. No. They will say, I accept it. This did not come from man. Man cannot do this. Hallelujah. This is what we are called to do. Hallelujah. Go with me to Proverbs 3. We read this in Wednesday. Pastor was talking about this. Proverbs 3 verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. He said, Not with your understanding. Trust in the Lord with your heart. Out of the heart are the issues of life. That's where your spirit is. You speak those things out. You trust, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. But I trust that you're going to release those wisdom out of me. That I will be in the right place at the right time. He will, uh, he will direct your path. I can boldly testify that I, 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 every single day I spend praying in tongues. And what I am here today is because of those words that I have spoken. And I am grateful for God putting me in this church. Because before I came to this church, I, I, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I saw it from the scripture. I still remember that, that day where I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Nobody laid hands on me. I saw this. I had an experience while I was in school. In I think it was in class 8. A friend of mine. A very close friend of mine, he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He fasted for three days and he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he came to church and he was all excited about it and he started speaking in tongues. And you know, we guys were like, ah, oh, man, this guy, he fasted in three days. Maybe he, he, <laughs> he, he lacked something and he's gone crazy. Some nuts have become loose and he's just blabbering things out. So I made sure that the guy suffered for it. But years later, after I got born again, I was reading these things. And then I saw about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It is written so clearly. I said, Lord, I understand this is for me. I, I, I want to receive it. And then I remembered this guy, my friend, who spoke in tongues that day. I said, Lord, if he can speak in tongues, I will also speak in tongues. And I just boldly opened my mouth. And the words that came were just monosyllable and my head kept screaming to me you are crazy you are a fool I said I'd rather be a fool for Jesus I've tried everything my way I've failed miserably I've come to this point where I am nothing I thought I was somebody great but all those things brought me to nothing so I'd rather be a fool anyway in the eyes of the world I'm a fool already so I'd rather be a fool. And I just continued. I just continued. See, there's a limit to which you can fool yourself. I just continued speaking those words because I knew that those words, I'm not making it up. I just continued, continued. And after some time, those words started changing. Those words started changing. Words started coming out. And finally, the situation worked around where I had to leave everything and come to Bangalore. And then I came to Bangalore, I met Pastor Michael in 2002. I am in the church and then I continued praying in tongues. 
I was led to attend the Bible school. I met my wife there. Then we got married. We have children. I'm in the ministry today. See, it's all linked. You can't take one thing away from the other. You can't take one thing away from the other. Hallelujah. Isn't the wisdom of God amazing? Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. I can just rejoice. At least because of when I look at my life, I see, wow, man, this is amazing. Where I am today is not because of anything that I can boast of about my own abilities. It's the wisdom of God. It's the mercy of God. I'm so grateful. He guided my path and brought me to Bangalore to, to pastors so I can receive the word. He knew, man, this guy needs some word. If he just runs off with this alone, it's not going to work. He'll be trapped somewhere. It'll be a mess. So brought me to this place. Guided my, my path to Grace Chapel. I received words of life. It transformed my understanding. It built a foundation. Hallelujah. And it's the same for you. You thought you just stumbled by? No. The divine plan and purposes of God. It's not by accident that you, you, you just stumbled upon uh, Grace Chapel. You just come all the way there to, <laughs> to the extreme ends of Bangalore. No. It's the wisdom of God. He's guiding your paths. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, he said, I would or I desire that you all speak with tongues. It's Paul's desire. I desire that all of you speak in tongues. And that was not something that he just desired for everybody and not for himself. He continued to say in verse 18, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than all of you put together. He <laughs> said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than all of you. The whole Corinthian church. Let's hear this in Canada. Verse 5 and 18. I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. The word speak is the Greek word lalo, not lalu, lalo, which means, which, which, which means to speak conversantly, to speak fluently, to converse, to have a conversation. Paul said, I thank my God, I speak this language fluently, more than all of you. That means for him... He was walking up and down. He's walking from one city to the next. He is just praying in tongues constantly. That's why he ended up writing most of the New Testament. The epistles in the New Testament. No man can simply just write it like that. Yes, there were other apostles. But you see, who spoke in tongues more than everybody else. And God used him to write the New Testament. So much on the New Testament. And he's still using him to open our understanding. About things concerning God. Hallelujah. Like I said, it is not simply a one-time filling. It's a constant refilling. Why? Let's read verse, five, verse um, 4. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4. It says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue 
edifies himself. That word edify, we heard Pastor Anup say last week, it is to be connected to the power. You can have a, your phone which has all the latest features, all the latest technology, but as long as there is no power in it, it is completely useless. So, when you speak in tongues, you are connected to the heavenly generators of power. Hallelujah. And, it all, and so why? So you can be used, you are ready any time to be used mightily of God. But that word edify also means to expand yourself. Means to expand yourself. Why? What do you mean expand yourself? You expand yourself so you, you can have more of God in your life. You're expanding the capacity of your spirit to receive more of God. You edify, you're expanding the capacity, your spiritual capacity to receive more of God. Why is this needed? Let's see. Let's read that in Kannada, please. Let's go to Ephesians 5, verse 15 onwards. says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. said, Walk circumspectly. The word walk means to habitually walk. It's a lifestyle. And circumspectly means accurately, correctly, exactly, carefully. Said, see that your lifestyle is accurate in God's eyes. And what does that mean? Said, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The days are evil. And then he continued, Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now he's going into the will of the Lord. He said, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled in, with the Spirit. Speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord, giving thanks always for all things. He said, Understand what the will of the Lord is, be filled. The word be filled is a present continuous tense. It actually means to be constantly filled and filled. Be being filled constantly. Why? See, alright. You see this glass of water. Now, this wa glass has a fixed capacity. Alright. You can fill water to the brim. And imagine there's a hole here where water is being taken out being taken out. So what happens? After some time the, the amount of water reduces. Now imagine along with that if the cup becomes bigger and bigger. You need to keep adding water so this gets filled and filled and filled. That is what is happening in your spirit. Your spirit as you speak in tongues your capacity you're expanding yourself. To receive more of God into your spirit. More understanding of the things of God. More power of God. Meanwhile, God is using you to display that power. You're, as, as you are draining yourself, you're being filled. You're being filled. You're being filled. That's why he said, be being filled. Be constantly filled. Your capacity to, to, to understand the things of God, for the things of God in your spirit is increasing as you pray in tongues. You are edifying yourself, you are expanding yourself. And 
Meanwhile, you're in the right place at the right time. You lay your hands on the sick. The sick is healed. And you preach the gospel. Your words are words of power. Hallelujah. People get saved. This is important. That's why he said this is a lifestyle. This is the accurate lifestyle for a believer. Accurate lifestyle. Be wise. Know what the will of the Lord is. Be being filled. Otherwise, oh, I'm filled. That's enough. See, Jesus said in in John 4, the water I give you will form in you a wellspring of life. That well, like Pastor Anup said, is for yourself. But he didn't stop there. In John 8, he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. The rivers are not just for you, are not for you. It's for others. That's where the flow happens. You are happy with your well. Whatever you need is there in the well. But when the rivers start flowing, everyone around you is impacted. Lives are transformed. Hallelujah. Let's see. Let's read. Um, um, let's read that in Kannada. Ephesians 5. ಆದಕಾರಣಿಗೂಡಿಕೊಳ್ಳಿರಿ Hallelujah. Let's read John 4 verse 14 as well. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. Well spring of life. Everlasting life. Not just life on this earth. The Zoe life of God. is manifested in you in your life in the things that you do hallelujah and then in john 7 verse 38 he said he that believes on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water let's hear these also in kannada john 4:14 ಆದರೆ ನಾನು ಕೊಡುವ ನೀರನ್ನು ಕುಡಿಯುವವನಿಗೆ ಎಂದಿಗೂ ನೀರಡಿಕೆಯಾಗುವುದಿಲ್ಲ ಯಾಕಂದರೆ ನಾನು ಅವನಿಗೆ ಕೊಡುವ ನೀರು ಅವನಲ್ಲಿ ನಿತ್ಯ ಜೀವಕ್ಕೆ ಉಕ್ಕುವ ನೀರಿನ ಬಾವಿಯಾಗಿರುವುದು ಅಂದನು ನನ್ನ ಮೇಲೆ ನಂಬಿಕೆ ಇಡುವವನಿಗೆ ಬರಹವು ಹೇಳಿದ ಪ್ರಕಾರ ಆತನ ಹೊಟ್ಟೆಯೊಳಗಿಂದ ಜೀವಕರವಾದ ನೀರಿನ ಹೊಳೆಗಳು ಹರಿಯುವವು ಎಂದು ಕೂಗಿ ಹೇಳಿದನು Hallelujah. The rivers of living water. Where does this river originate? Say so yes, it's out of your belly. Let's go to Revelation 22. Verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Hallelujah. 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 Where is this river originating? From the throne of God. From the throne of God. God dwells in you. You are the body of Christ. You are seated at the right hand of God the Father where? 
in the heavenly places, at the right hand of God. That's your spiritual position. That's where the rivers are flowing from. (laughs) Rivers of life-giving water. And what are you supposed to do with that river? Uh, It says, verse 17 says, And the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that hears say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. Whoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. (laughs) Woo! Look at that. Who is saying? And the spirit and the bride say. Who is the bride? We. We are the bride of Christ. What are we supposed to say? Come. The Holy Spirit in you is saying, come. You say, come. And it says, let him that hears say, come. Why? Partake of the water of life. Freely. Freely. That's the plan and purpose of God. Know who you are. Know where you are seated. That's why you qualify for these rivers to flow out of you. Hallelujah. Out of your bellies. Your spirit. Why? Because you are seated at the right hand of God the Father. Flow rivers of living water. And it's actually flowing from the throne of God. Woo! Your spiritual position. You are there at that throne. At the right hand of God the Father. That's why Colossians 3 says, Set your affections on things above. Where Christ sits. At the right hand of God the Father. Revelation 4. Set our affections there. Because that's where these rivers flow from. That's where the rivers originate from. The more you pray in tongues, the more you yield yourself to that flow, those rivers will start flowing. The rivers from the throne will start flowing. You get filled and you get you overflow. And people's lives will get affected. Hallelujah. This is important. This is the lifestyle of a believer. This is the lifestyle. Galatians, uh, we'll, we'll read that also in, in Kannada. Revelation 22. Verse 17. Ooh, bah, bah, bah. Come, 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 come. Drink of this water freely. Freely. It's free. Just come and drink. He's always calling. The invitation is open. The throne room is open. Because of the finished work of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 6 verse 8 says, For he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Sow into the Spirit. Sow into the things of the Spirit. And the best way is, number one, pray in tongues. Read the Word. Pray in tongues. Read the Word. Pray in tongues. Read the word. As you continue praying in tongues, when you come to praying with your understanding, what comes? The word of God will come. You pray according to the word. Hallelujah. That's why. Pray in tongues. Read the word. Pray in tongues. Read the word. You can't separate one from the other. 
I heard one man of God say, you, if you only pray in tongues, your head, your, your, I mean, you become bloated. But if you ha- only have only the word, your head becomes uh, big. Either way, it is deformed. But for a balanced approach, you need the word and the spirit. Hallelujah. All of creation, Genesis 1, you see the word and the spirit. The word and the spirit. Your, your spirit is born again from that word. From the incorruptible seed of the word of God. You got born again. You heard the word of God. And how did you receive this baptism in the spirit? You, again, you heard the word. And you believed it. And you received. That's how you can't separate one from the other. And Bible says, the spirit gives life. The spirit gives life. The more you invest into, into the spirit, things of the spirit, you reap everlasting life. That life of God will manifest in everything that you do. Hallelujah. Uh, we'll, we'll hear Galatians 6 verse 8 also in Kannada. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1st Timothy chapter 2. 1st Timothy chapter 2, we'll read verse 1 onwards. I mean, if you are part of the, the prayer, intercessory prayer, this is how we start, this is where we start from. It says, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. See that verse 3 means something. This is good and acceptable in God's eyes. What? You pray. Supplications, prayers, intercession and giving of thanks. Like, what are these things? Supplications, prayers, intercession, giving of thanks. Where did you hear them? When we talked about the things of the Spirit. The intercession. The Spirit makes intercession for us. You're praying in the Spirit. Giving of thanks. 1 Corinthians uh, 14, you see, as you come down, it says, you give thanks well. You give thanks well. The best way of giving thanks is speaking in tongues. So many times when it comes to things about kings, the, 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 the government and things like that, you basically don't know what to do. You don't know. You say, oh, if this person had come to power, it will be different. What guarantee is there? How do you know that if a certain person comes, he will, he will do the right thing? There is no guarantee. There is no guarantee under heaven anything naturally that if a certain person comes to power, things will be working right. No, there is no guarantee. All of those people, they have flesh. They have flesh. And they, if they are not born again, they are energized by a different spirit. So there is no way you can say, oh, only if this person was in power. Because the, uh, this person is in power right now. Because this party is ruling, these things are happening. No. No. It says, pray for those who are in authority. For kings, rulers. Why? So you may lead a quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Let's look at those words. Quiet, peaceable life, godliness and honesty. 
Where are these things from? It's a state of mind. It's a state of mind. That is something that prevails irrespective of what is around you. You can be in the midst of all kinds of trouble, but you can still be, still have a quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Irrespective of who is ruling. Irrespective of the persecution around you. Irrespective of what they say about you. Or what rights they take away from you. You can still have a quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Why? Because if you fulfill number one. You fulfill verse number one. And what is the perfect way to do that? Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. As you pray. Oh, things you'll be in the right place at the right time. Whatever they do to you, man, it doesn't matter. Romans 8. Let's keep our finger there. Romans 8, we read verse 26 and 27. It says, the Spirit makes intercession for you according to the will of God. And what is the result? In verse 28 we see, and all things work together for good for them that love God. See, it is not an isolated verse. It is a result of verse 26 and 27. You, inter- you let the Spirit make intercession through you according to the will of God. And no matter who is ruling, what, who says what, you are in the right place. All things work together for you. And we can testify in spite of the lockdown, in spite of this last one and a half years of all the craziness that's out there. I mean, we are doing good. We're doing good. Hallelujah. As a church, we've, we've en- endeavored to hear the things of the Spirit. We are so grateful for the word that we received in the beginning of the year. And for the time that we spend every month, the beginning of the month. I'm so grateful that pastor has initiated this. Pastor is, is oh, how do I put it? Said these things. Why? We spend time praying. We hear what the, what the Lord has for us. For that particular month, for the for that particular year. I'm so grateful. And these things did not simply just happen like that. They started in the spirit. That's why we insist we pray in tongues. Sometimes when uh, <laughs> we've seen during uh, fasting prayer, people doze off. People doze off. Some people, because it's... Um, online right now you just let it play and then you're busy doing your own things it's not just for pastors alone it's for you yes pastor is praying that's why he gets those instructions for you but obeying those instructions is your responsibility you need to listen you need to heed to those things and you the only way you will be energized to obey those things if you also submit to the spirit Hallelujah. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Take time. Do not neglect these things. Hallelujah. Say, brother, how can you say this? Well, there is an example for us in scripture. We know about Peter. Let's go to Acts chapter 12. Let's see what happened to Peter. We'll read from verse 1. Did we read the previous one in Canada? Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, we'll read that also in Kannada. Verse 1 to 3.
ಎಲ್ಲದಕ್ಕಿಂತ ಮೊದಲು ಮನುಷ್ಯರೆಲ್ಲರಿಗೋಸ್ಕರವೂ ಅರಸರುಗಳಿಗಾಗಿಯೂ ಎಲ್ಲಾ ಅಧಿಕಾರಿಗಳಿಗಾಗಿಯೂ ವಿಜ್ಞಾಪನೆಗಳನ್ನು ಪ್ರಾರ್ಥನೆಗಳನ್ನು ಮನವಿಗಳನ್ನು ಕೃತಜ್ಞತಾಸ್ತುತಿಗಳನ್ನು ಮಾಡಬೇಕೆಂದು ಎಚ್ಚರಿಸುತ್ತೇನೆ ಹೀಗೆ ನಾವು ಶಾಂತಿ ಸಮಾಧಾನಗಳಿಂದ ಕೂಡಿದ ಜೀವನವನ್ನು ಪೂರ್ಣ ಭಕ್ತಿಯಿಂದಲೂ ಗೌರವದಿಂದಲೂ ನಡೆಸುವುದಕ್ಕಾಗುವುದು ಯಾಕಂದರೆ ಇದು ನಮ್ಮ ರಕ್ಷಕನಾದ ದೇವರ ದೃಷ್ಟಿಯಲ್ಲಿ ಒಳ್ಳೆಯದಾಗಿಯೂ ಅಂಗೀಕರಿಸತಕ್ಕದ್ದಾಗಿಯೂ ಅದೇ ಗೋರ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಅಕ್ಸೆಪ್ಟಬಲ್ ಇನ್ ದೈಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಆರ್ ಸೇವ್ ಲೆಟ್ಸ್ ಗೋ ಟು ಆಕ್ಟ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಟ್ವೆಲ್ವ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಒನ್ ನೌ ಅಬೌಟ್ ದಟ್ ಟೈಮ್ ಹೇರತ್ ದ ಕಿಂಗ್ ಸ್ಟ್ರೆಚ್ ಫಾರ್ಥ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಹ್ಯಾಂಡ್ಸ್ ಟು ವೆಕ್ಸ್ ಸರ್ಟನ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಚರ್ಚ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಿ ಕಿಲ್ ಜೇಮ್ಸ್ ದ ಬ್ರದರ್ ಆಫ್ ಜಾನ್ ವಿತ್ ದ ಸ್ವಾರ್ಡ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಹಿ ಸಾ ಇಟ್ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ದ ಜ್ಯೂಸ್ ಹಿ ಪ್ರೊಸೀಡೆಡ್ ಫರ್ದರ್ ಟು ಟೇಕ್ ಪೀಟರ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ದೆನ್ ವರ್ ದ ಡೇಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಅನ್ಲೆವೆನ್ ಬ್ರೆಡ್ ಸೊ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವೆನ್ ಹಿ ಹ್ಯಾಡ್ ಅಪ್ರಿಹೆಂಡೆಡ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಹಿ ಪುಟ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಇನ್ ಪ್ರಿಸನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡೆಲಿವರ್ಡ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಟು ಫೋರ್ ಕ್ವಾರ್ಟರ್ನಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಸೋಲ್ಜರ್ಸ್ ಟು ಕೀಪ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಇಂಟೆಂಡಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ಈಸ್ಟರ್ ಟು ಬ್ರಿಂಗ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಫೋರ್ತ್ ಟು ದ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಓಕೆ ದಟ್ ಹೆರಿಟ್ ಹಿ ವಾಸ್ ಕಂಪ್ಲೀಟ್ಲಿ ಅಗೇನ್ಸ್ ಕ್ರಿಸ್ಟಿಯಾನಿಟಿ ಹಿ ಕಿಲ್ ಜೇಮ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಿ ಸಾ ದಟ್ ದ ಜ್ಯೂಸ್ ವಾರ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪಿ ಸೊ ಹಿ ಡಿಸೈಡ್ ಆಲ್ ರೈಟ್ ಐಮ್ ಗೋನ್ ಕಿಲ್ ಪೀಟರ್ ಆಸ್ ವೆಲ್ ಬಟ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಇಟ್ ವಾಸ್ ದ ವೀಕೆಂಡ್ ಹಿ ಕುಡನ್ ಡೂ ದಟ್ ಸೊ ಹಿ ಕೆಪ್ ಪೀಟರ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಪ್ರಿಸನ್ ನಾವು ವಾಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪನ್ ಟು ಪೀಟರ್ ಲೆಟ್ಸ್ ರೀಡ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಫೈವ್ ಪೀಟರ್ ದೇರ್ಫೋರ್ ವಾಸ್ ಕೆಪ್ಟ್ ಇನ್ ಪ್ರಿಸನ್ ಬಟ್ ಪ್ರೇಯರ್ ವಾಸ್ ಮೇಡ್ ವಿಥೌಟ್ ಸೀಸಿಂಗ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಚರ್ಚ್ ಆನ್ ಟು ಗಾಡ್ ಫಾರ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವೆನ್ ಹೆರಿಡ್ ವುಡ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಬ್ರಾಟ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ನೈಟ್ ಪೀಟರ್ ವಾಸ್ ಸ್ಲೀಪಿಂಗ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ಟೂ ಸೋಲ್ಜರ್ಸ್ ಬೌಂಡ್ ವಿತ್ ಟೂ ಚೇಂಜ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ ಕೀಪರ್ಸ್ ಬಿಫೋರ್ ದ ಡೋರ್ ಕೆಪ್ಟ್ ದ ಪ್ರಿಸನ್ ವಾವ್ ಲುಕ್ ಎಟ್ ದಟ್ ನಂಬರ್ ಒನ್ ಪ್ರೇಯರ್ ವಾಸ್ ಗಿವನ್ ವಿಥೌಟ್ ಸೀಸಿಂಗ್ ಬೈ ದ ಚರ್ಚ್ by the church where are they gathered probably in the upper room the same place where they receive where the on the uh, the holy spirit on the day of pentecost because they were still in jerusalem prayer was given without ceasing and how would they have been praying you can th- imagine for yourself praying in tongues and now what happened peter he is in chains he is in prison he's got guards around him he's in chains what is he doing sleeping he's going to be executed the next day he's going to be executed the next day if it was somebody else my goodness what state of mind was peter in quiet peaceable life in all godliness and honesty that's how he was he did not care he said well i am i'm just trusting in god how do you think he was able to write that scripture in 1st peter 5:7 cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you he practiced it this is what he did in the midst of all the craziness that was around him even demanding his life he was sleeping peacefully he was quiet peaceable he said i have honestly spoken the word i have declared what god wants to do i was i had no hidden agendas i just declared what god called me to do i was i believe i was in the right place at the right time i spoke what i'm supposed to speak now hey i know where i'm going quiet peaceable in all godliness and honesty that's a state of mind and that's the same thing that is the will of god for us as well no matter what happens around you 
as you invest in the spirit, you will enjoy that state of quiet, peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. But make sure you pray for the leaders, no, not complain about them. Nowhere in the scripture we see anyone complaining about authority. Paul didn't do it. Peter didn't do it. He was not in chains grumbling about Herod. No. Herod received what he was supposed to get in the next chapter as you read Acts chapter 13. He was struck by an angel eaten of worms. Well, Peter didn't pray for that. He just did what he was supposed to do. And he received that peace of God that passes all understanding. Kept his mind. Hallelujah. That's the will of God for each one of us. Don't take unnecessary tensions. We are not designed to carry those loads. As you cast everything, your mind is free. And what do you do? You yield to the Spirit. You start speaking the wisdom of God. As you continue releasing those, those waters, those rivers, you continue releasing it, the will of God from your spirit comes to your understanding. You'll be in the right place at the right time. Fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. Irrespective of what people talk about you, do to you, they, they demand your life, you will be at peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter did not start off like that. Oh, let's read this also in Kannada. Acts 12 verses uh, 1 to 6. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 7 also. It says, And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, and, he, and raised him up, saying, Rise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. Peter was so much in peace and quietness. He was so sound asleep. He did not care that the angel had to whack him. Bible says. The word smoke means poop, one smack. He said, wake up. Wake up. That means the peace of God ruled him so much that he didn't bother what was around him. The chains did not bother him. The, the soldiers did not bother him. Remember, he's in, he's in prison. Those soldiers are not supposed to sleep. He had one on his left and one on his right. And then in the prison and then outside the gate there were more prisoners, more guards. He didn't care. He was sound asleep. But Peter did not start off like this. He, was, he denied Jesus three times. If you look at John chapter 18, uh, if you see verse 17, 20, 25 and 27. To whom did he deny? First one was to a maid. 
He denied Jesus to a maid, servant girl, then to a group of people around the fire, and then to another servant. He was so afraid to be associated with Christ, he denied Jesus three times. That same Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon him, stood before the people and spoke out boldly. He said, this is what, what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And now he became a scholar. Hallelujah. Where? Because he received power. He stood before them. He, he spoke to them. He said, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What was the result? 3,000 people were added to the church. That same Peter, who was so afraid, he, they hid, John 20, 21 says, they hid themselves from the Jews. They were so afraid of the Jews that they, they hid themselves. The doors were closed. Those guys, they became completely different people when they received the power. Now he's witnessing. That's what Jesus said. You, you will receive power and you will be witnesses unto me. He's, he's becoming a witness now that Jesus is alive. And the result was 3,000 people were added to the church. Wow, praise God. And this is not just meant for Peter alone. It's meant for us. It's meant for us. And as you read in Acts 4, when they were released from the council, it says they went to their own company. They went to their own company. And where is this company? In the upper room. And what do they do? They prayed. What were they doing before? They prayed. They prayed. And what happened when they prayed? Bible says, the place where they gathered was shaken. The place where they gathered was shaken. Let's read that. Let's read um, Acts chapter 4. Yeah, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place they were uh, was shaken where they had assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. So imagine how they prayed. Hallelujah. The result was boldness. Boldness. Thousands were added to the church. Thousands were added to the church. And they did not just start it that day. They started from the day of Pentecost. And they followed a certain lifestyle after that. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. And let's read Acts 4 verse 31. Hallelujah. Acts 2 verse 41 we see that 3000 people were added to the church that day. After Peter spoke on the day of Pentecost. 3000 souls were added to the church. Verse 42 says they didn't stop there says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Uh -huh. now, they, now comes a lifestyle. They continued. They didn't stop. 
said they continued steadfastly. That means as a practice, continue, discipline themselves in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. That means what they taught them, what did the apostles teach them? Hebrews, 5, Hebrews 6 verse 1 and 2. Why do you think we insist you learn these things? Repentance from dead work, faith towards God, of doctrine of baptisms, of resurrection from the dead, eternal judgment. They continued in that and fellowship. Fellowship. They did not neglect fellowship. And what did they do? And breaking of bread. Again an act of remembrance. They took communion. Every day. Every day. Let's continue reading. And... Uh, Verse 43, then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Verse 46, so continuing daily, say with me daily, daily, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Wow, I like this. They continued daily, not once a week, not twice a week, daily. What did they do? They gathered, they fellowshiped daily and they broke bread from house to house. They gathered in the temple and then in the house. They gathered in one, in one house, they, they fellowship, they had communion, then they moved to the next house. Teaching. In Acts 20 verse 20 we see that uh, Paul said, We kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have taught you publicly and house to house. What? The foundational doctrines. They continued in this. They didn't just stop. They continued. What was the result? Verse 47, Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily. Those who were being saved. They continued daily, Lord added to the church daily. You see a pattern there? It does not say they continued once a week. If the network was stable. If they had, the, uh, they had nothing else to do. No. They continued daily in one accord. In the temple and house to house. They broke bread daily. They worshipped God. They praised God. They thanked God. And what was the result? God worked daily. Sometimes you wonder, oh, why are we not seeing things uh, in our life at least once a month, at least once a year? Why don't we see miracles? Well, what are you doing daily? That's the question. We have nobody else to blame but ourselves if we don't see what we see in the book of Acts. It's not simply for decoration that these things are written. It is for us. They had Pentecostal experience every single day. Not just one day. They were filled and they were constantly filled. Filled, 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 filled every day. That's why we see the book of the Acts. It is not the Acts of the Apostles. It's actually Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. Hallelujah. And this is for us. Scripture says in Hebrews 10... Forsake not the assembling of the brethren. Forsake not. Let's read uh, Acts 2. Also verse 26 and uh, sorry 46 and 47. 
ಅವರು ದೇವಾಲಯದಲ್ಲಿ ಪ್ರತಿದಿನ ಒಮ್ಮನಸ್ಸಿನಿಂದ ಕೂಡುತ್ತಾ ಮನೆ ಮನೆಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ರೊಟ್ಟಿ ಮುರಿಯುತ್ತಾ ಉಲ್ಲಾಸದಿಂದಲೂ ಏಕಹೃದಯದಿಂದಲೂ ಊಟ ಮಾಡುತ್ತಿದ್ದರು ಇದಲ್ಲದೆ ಅವರು ದೇವರನ್ನು ಕೊಂಡಾಡುವವರಾಗಿಯೂ ಜನರೆಲ್ಲರ ದಯೆಯನ್ನು ಹೊಂದುವವರಾಗಿಯೂ ಇದ್ದರು ಪ್ರತಿದಿನ ರಕ್ಷಣೆ ಹೊಂದುತ್ತಿದ್ದವರನ್ನು ಕರ್ತನು ಸಭೆಗೆ ಸೇರಿಸುತ್ತಿದ್ದನು says let us hold fast the profession or confession of our faith without wavering for he is faithful that promised and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works well, that's interesting he said let us again plural that means more than one hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering and let us consider one another how can you consider one another unless you gather together and how can you provoke each other to good works what are the good works we heard pastor speak on wednesday the works that he called us to do before the foundations of the earth was laid those good works will not save us we are saved to do the good works that he called and anointed us to do as the body of christ but you need some provocation for that if you stay isolated away from people how can you be provoked to do the good works that you are called and anointed to do and appointed to do that's why next verse says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together not forsaking it they assemble daily in the first church daily today if you get to assemble once a month it's a miracle but god did not leave us we have a media open to us through which we are communicating right now god has opened this door for us hallelujah and it says as a manner of some is but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching jesus is coming soon you like it or not believe it or not jesus is coming soon and we have one mandate gather together exhort each other provoke each other how pray in tongues get filled be filled be being filled constantly being filled meditate on the doctrines meditate on the word of god speak the word the the confession of your faith hallelujah this is what god called us to do and take communion house to house every single day they did it daily they saw god move daily do it daily the world is not stopping the bad news from coming to you they're doing it daily 24 bar 7 so what is stopping you from taking communion daily take it said as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup how often as often multiple times a day if needed Hallelujah those symptoms will come you may feel the heat suddenly you may feel the pain you may feel those itchiness in the throat you may steal the stuffiness in your nose it may come but what do you remember what the broken body shed blood has accomplished for you you remember you declare it what happens as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you show the lord's death you are declaring you are proclaiming what the death of Jesus has accomplished for you. Hallelujah. You will see God move daily. Hallelujah. Every day is a miracle. Every day is a miracle. Pastor has been teaching us take it one day at a time. 
one day at a time. Don't be too bothered about too many things. Take it one day. Did you gather together today? Did you pray today? Did you take communion today? Were you filled today? It's a lifestyle. A daily lifestyle of Pentecost. That's for us. We cannot neglect these things. We will see God moving. Hallelujah. We are called and appointed for such a time as this. I believe you received something today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor, for this opportunity. I'm really grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Anu. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe you had an awesome service. Brother Joji must have been yielding and been a blessing. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's seal these things with communion. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11 how um, Paul received revelation of these things. And as he kept speaking, he said that these things must be done in remembrance of him, the Lord Jesus. It was his body, it was his blood that was shed. See, this is like a principle we need to understand, that there is a will involved. If you need the will to operate, you have to have a death certificate. You have to prove that the person is dead. So he says, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. So in the book of Hebrews, the ninth chapter, in verse 17, he says, A testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Praise God. So Jesus wants us to enjoy the benefits of what he has given us in his will. Therefore, communion is also like a death certificate being declared that he died. This person has died, so his will is ours. Praise God. Let's eat and drink with this thought. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you have the bread there with you, a cup of juice, let's believe. Lord Jesus, you died for us. We believe it. We show your death. Your body was broken for us. Your blood was shed for us. You are the faithful God. We declare these things openly. We believe it. You paid for every sin, sickness, and curse. We cannot be poor. We cannot be sick. We cannot be cursed. Your body was tortured for us. And you went to hell and rose again the third day. So we are justified. Just as if we did nothing wrong. We receive now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We receive the benefits of your will in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to give, it's a great opportunity. Let's offer in Jesus' name. Amen. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together. God will cause men to give to your bosom in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You're blessed.